Hi, everyone. Welcome to our podcast, Ghostly Residents of Old Cape Cod. Um, I told you before, these are the residents that don't pay taxes, and today you'll find out why. Okay, the title of this one is Winifred and Friends. And I'm going to stage, let me stage a scenario for you. Visualize, if you will. The month is January. The day is cold. Later in the afternoon, almost 3 o'clock, the temperature is hovering between 30 and 35 degrees, but will drop with a noticeable difference in about another half hour. Thick clouds are suspended over most of Cape Cod, obliterating what might be a few slim rays of the wintry sun. There are still small amounts, small patches (laughs) of snow under the shrubs and bushes hidden from any of the sun's occasional melting rays. The air is heavy. Feels like those clouds will explode and send a barrage of sticky snowflakes down onto any unsuspecting person who was foolish enough to venture out on this bleak day. A lonely figure wrapped in layers of clothing to guard against the biting wind that slides up behind him stomps along the street. He's searching for a specific house. He pulls his huge muffler of a scarf down from his steel rim glasses to verify a house number from the clipboard he holds tightly in his mittened hand. He checks the number on the mailbox at the end of the walk, nods to himself, pulls the muffler back up, almost covering his glasses, which are steamed up again. He walks up the uneven brick pathway of this very old large house. The house is not unlike many of the other houses here in this small village of Katuit. Now, I want you to close your eyes and imagine this. A census person treads up the few well-worn brick steps onto a large open porch circling the entire front and side of this huge Victorian home. He approaches the polished oak door and slams the brass knocker. He waits a few moments, his breath through his muffler, warming his glasses to steam again, 
as the door finally opens wide enough to show the half face of a young lady. Yes, what can I help you with? She peers out. My name is Chuck Wallaby. I'm the census taker. Here is my identification. He shows her his badge. She reads it and smiles. He begins his questions. How many people are living in this house? Um, let me think. Well, there is my husband, me, my mother, and our son. Then there is Winifred and Tom and Dick and Harry. Of course, they only show up occasionally. Are they living somewhere else? Yes, I think so. Are they visitors? Well, you could say that. Do you have an address for them? No, I'm sorry, I don't. How long have they lived here? No idea, the lady of the house replied. Certainly you must know when they moved in. They were here when we bought the house, although the realtor never mentioned them. You mean you bought this house and didn't know there were other residents living here? Yeah, the realtor was very vague about that. We asked her about them later. Did you have a home inspection? Oh, sure. The man was very nice and very thorough. He did find a few dead mice. We had those removed before we moved our furniture in. We were very careful. But what about the other people living here? <laughs> they didn't show up until we'd been here for almost a month. Our son saw them first, then my mom. My mom said she'd met them too. Did she mention how they met? Yeah. She was having a cup of tea in the kitchen one night, and one of them sat down beside her. She didn't know which one it was. She guessed it was Winifred. Winifred? Had she ever met her before? I don't think so. Not that I know of. Was she frightened? No, I don't think so. She told me about it the next morning. Oh, my, he sucked in his breath. Say, would you like to come in and have a cup of tea or coffee? It's chilly here standing at the door. The wind is very brisk today. If it wouldn't be too much trouble, that would be most welcome. She opened the door wide so he could enter, along with a gust of cold air. Come on down to the kitchen, she directed as she closed the door after the man had entered. He stomped his feet on the mat at the door to shake the remnants of any snow before he proceeded after her. They walked down the hall to the warmth of the small kitchen. My name is Sarah, the lady of the house said, as she filled the kettle and placed it on the stove. She turned on the gas under the kettle and started to gather cups, saucers, and spoons. She set them on the table and motioned for the man to have a seat. He sat gratefully, his legs a little wobbly. Thank you, he said, and meant it. He was still dressed in his swaths of clothing, 
but was glad for the warmth of the cozy kitchen. So, what else can I tell you, Sarah asked as she placed a jar of instant coffee, a box of tea bags, a sugar bowl, and a small cream pitcher, which she filled with milk from the refrigerator. Then she sat down across from him. She noticed he was a little disoriented, and she thought the tea or coffee might help him become a little more comfortable. He unwound his scarf muffler and set it on the chair beside him. He set his clipboard on the table next to him and sat on the wooden kitchen chair, grateful for the heat of the small kitchen. This home, he felt, was kind-hearted and welcoming. And I'm going to stop there, and we'll continue it in a very few minutes. So we're going to take a short break. Hi there. We're back. Here's the second part. Now they're in the kitchen. He he sat down at the table. They're getting ready to have a cup of coffee. So she asks, do you have any more houses to visit today? No, you are my last one on the list today. Although I've been trying to figure out how I should list your four other residents on my census form. We have a single sheet for each house, but there are no spaces where I can list your other residents, he said as he helped himself to the instant coffee. Sarah stood and filled both cups with the hot water from the kettle, which was whistling happily. Is there a line anywhere to list guests visiting a home? No, I don't see one, but this is January. No one visits the Cape during the winter. Well, my guests are live-in guests anyhow. They came with the house. Remember I told you that. They never bother anyone. They are just here. They float in and out whenever they have a mind to. So we just accept them as they are. Our son has these great conversations with them. He's, He's away at school now. Otherwise, he could tell you some really interesting stories. Really? What kind of stories? Well, he's had several conversations with the male residents. We named them Tom, Dick, and Harry because they never told us who they really were or where they came from. My mom gave the woman she met the name of Winifred. She said it was a perfect name for her. What about Winifred, he asked as he sipped some of the hot liquid, almost burning his tongue but grateful for the warmth as it started to diffuse feeling throughout his body that was numb from the cold. She told my mom that she lived here in this house when she was growing up as a young girl. She came down with scarlet fever and died. She stays here because she was always happy here. He nodded as he tried to assimilate this information. He thought it best to change the subject. Well, I didn't realize how cold I was out there. Thanks again for offering me this cup of coffee, Chuck said. He pulled off his mittens, tucked them into his coat pockets, 
and held the cup in two hands to warm his fingers. She nodded and smiled. What else would you like to know, she asked, as she sipped her own coffee from her cup. By the way, how old is this house? Not for the census, but I am interested. It was built in 1845 by a sea captain named Eldridge. Winifred was his daughter. We did verify that in the town records. He finished his coffee, placed the mug on the table, and fished his mittens from his pocket, preparing to leave. I'm so glad I could share these stories with you. Winifred is pleased that you were interested. She must be, because she's sitting beside you. Most people who visit leave hastily and, oh, oh dear. Chuck stood, nearly tipping the chair over, grabbed his clipboard, and practically ran to the front door. Thank you for the coffee, he muttered as he pulled the door open and let himself out, closing it with a slam. You forgot your scarf, she said, as the scarf was lifted from the chair and drifted over and out the door. Oh, thank you, Winifred. I'm certain he will be most grateful. It is beginning to snow, she said as she stood and started to clear the table and place the cups in the soapstone sink. Well, there ends the story of this Winifred, which was totally a story from my own imagination. I promised to tell you the story of Winifred from the book by Mark Jasper in my next podcast. If you haven't read any but any of my books now, no, <laughs> how did I write this? Now know that I frequently include ghosts. They become such engaging characters. In Potts Better Butter Bakery, there are two such ghosts, Fritzy and Bugsy, who actually worked along with me as I wrote the plot. And they saved the day. He, they caught the criminal. Other stories with ghosts in them that I've written are Speechless, which started as a vela on Amazon. I'm up to Chapter 5, and I've not finished it yet. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Another book in progress is Murder by Mafia, a new series which has some very interesting ghosts, namely, in this one, the Rat Pack from Vegas. Yep, you, you figured it right. Yes, Frankie, Dean, and Sammy. Pete was busy somewhere else. This group is most happy to help me write this story, and they will probably be influential in solving the murder or murders. I haven't decided yet. You probably know me as the author that writes stories about angels and witches, my Something series, book six, which is now with Kate, being edited, Poor Kate, <laughs> Those Wayward Witches, Actually, they are very resourceful witches and solve many of the plots and intrigues in the angelic kingdom. Like like detectives on brooms with black pointy hats, black pointy boots, and black voluminous dresses. And they also drink endless cups of tea made by Stanley. Did I mention that Stanley is a TOD?
<laughs> tea on demand, large copper teapot with a dent in his side. He has been with the witches. He has been with the witches for many years. Well, that does it for today. Thank you for listening. I will post Mark Jasper's story next time. Stay tuned. This podcast and all of our podcasts are created and produced on Spotify now, the easiest way to make a podcast. The podcast is hosted by capecodwriters.net and can be found on their website, www.capecodwriters.net. We can be reached directly on our new email address, ghostly.residence at gmail.com. You may also find us on Spotify, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and now on Amazon Music or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for haunting with us.